A huge shout out and thank you to the sponsor of the show, Cave Canadian Apparel. That's Cave with a K. A Canadian company focused on keeping you comfy without compromising on style and aiding in the destigmatization of men's mental health. Check them out and remember to use promo code Glenbrook Podcast for 10% off your entire purchase. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Glenbrook Village Podcast. It's Corey and Alex here today. Andrew and Herbie are on sabbatical. <laughs> Hello, everyone. How you doing, Alex? Not too bad. I am extremely exhausted. Yeah, I feel that. I'm trying like, to... It feels like with summer coming to an end, it's like, yo, you got to get sleep schedules back into some kind of uniform, just some kind of regular basis. Are you, like, are you going back? You're at school now, right? Yeah, I'm doing online school right now. Are you going to be full-time, um, any, like, in the fall or kind of same no. part-time, part-time still? Same thing. I've just been yeah. perpetually tired for, like, the last two weeks. I've had no sleep schedule. I had so much stuff going on. Yeah, I'm trying to get myself back into preparing for class five days a week plus track practice five days a week so plus overnight work yeah plus the night shift but i'll be sleeping through the night shift so that's not a big deal (laughs) Uh, as long as you're awake for the the important parts of it well as long as i'm awake for the loads of phone calls that i never receive at night i'm okay yeah because so much shit happens at your building yeah, last night it was my shift goes from eleven PM till seven in the morning. And last night I I went and got grabbed the house phone, I came upstairs, stayed up for like until midnight and I was like, Yeah, I'm just gonna take a quick nap. I ended up waking up at six in the morning. Uh but hey, I wake up and I check the first thing I do is check the phone, like, oh crap, like did I miss any calls? Zero phone calls. So I, you know, I, I slept for five hours and didn't miss much, didn't miss any, miss anything. So yeah, like as long as I take out the trash and like mop the front entrance, like they literally could care less about what I'm doing in the middle of the night because nothing happens in the building. Well, that and the amount you can, that you get paid, like, yeah, they can give you a break. (laughs) There actually is, uh, one funny story though from work like a couple nights ago i was working and this guy came and he rang the doorbell to get into the garage and it was this kind of middle-aged looking uh white guy and he was drunk and i, I was like he's trying to explain to me that he, he needed to go see his girlfriend on the fifth floor and i told him i was like hey man i can't let you in through this garage go around to the front of the building and I'll buzz you in. And it took about four tries of explaining to him that I needed him to go to the front door before he actually like went to the front door of the building and buzzed himself in. So anyways, that happens. And then yesterday, uh, one of my coworkers told me, he's, she's like, yeah, do you, you know, this lady here, she lives on the fifth floor. And it's this like older black lady. He's like, yeah, yeah. she's had, she's like had this dude's, kicking around like this white dude that she says is her nephew, but like clearly it's not her nephew. He's like, yeah, anyways, I saw that guy and he's standing here and he came up to me as he was leaving the garage. He's like, 
damn, man, I've been eating pussy all day. And I'm like, what? Like, it's just a middle-aged white dude and then some, like, old white, like, black lady that is better hooking up. And, like, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to eat sandpaper, but that's what I imagine his his whole day was like. I mean, but at that, at that age have, of that woman. <laughs> why did I have to act so weird about it, though? Like, I, I'm, I have no I'm idea. here to see this person. This guy's here to see me. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. But I was like, oh, man. That, I think it's just... the situation be- so much easier for you. <laughs> yeah, but it's almost like a PlayStation 5 scenario. Like, you know, I don't think he's really... <laughs> I think he's trying to get a PlayStation 5 out of it. Mm. <laughs> Good sweet Jesus. But yeah, we got a lot to catch up on. There's a because there's a couple things. You know, we had a guest the past couple weeks. They didn't, really didn't get to cover the Olympics. Did you watch much of the Olympics? Did you catch? Was there anything you caught up on that kind of uh, stuck the, out? The to big, you? the big thing for me that was really exciting was the fact that skateboarding is now a sport in it. I think that's something that should have had a place in the Olympics a long time ago because it it is such a technical sport. Sorry, which point and the your your mic cut out for skate, like a little bit? Uh, oh, skateboarding. Skateboarding, yeah. Because like snowboarding has been in the Winter Olympics for a long time. Yeah, why, no, it was why cool. hasn't? It was cool. Like, there's a couple sports that they they had in this year that were dope to see. Like skateboarding, uh, they had surfing. I think it was surfing's first time. They had sport climbing, which I didn't even know was a competitive thing. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it was cool to see like the addition of those sports in there. And then they also had baseball and softball back. But it's weird because baseball and softball won't be back in Paris, uh, twenty twenty four. Which see, I think the only re- I think the reason why they added it to the Tokyo Olympics is because baseball is a like it's this big sport in Japan, really big sport in Japan, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's just that's like, like if the, they held it in the Dominican, they probably would have thrown it in there too. Yeah, so I think that's the only reason why they actually had it in the Tokyo Olympics. So it was cool to see that again. Uh, I love yeah. seeing, I love seeing Canada beat the U.S. women's soccer team and end up going on to win gold. That was a really big moment because if anybody remembers watching the. London Olympics, we definitely got screwed over in the semifinal match that we played against the United <laughs> States. Yeah. So it was definitely, it was like a full circle moment to watch them beat yeah. them and then to go on to win the gold medal. Uh, it felt like a long time coming, especially uh, for Christine Sinclair. So it was dope to see that. Um, I love it. And, and I think I think that series was interesting because uh, it got to the point where a lot of American fans were even rooting for the Canadian team to beat the U.S. Yeah, and it's mostly because, because uh, they all hate just uh, Megan Rapino. <laughs> well, what I what I read about it was the the team was uh, like you, you're there you're there to represent your country, and they took every opportunity they they could to protest their country. Yeah, that's very true. They have done that a lot, and and like. You know, you're, like you're there specifically for that reason. Like, there's absolutely reason to do that, but you know, a time and place thing. 
Yeah, and I the Olympics should be like go show your pride for something and not like make make. Not everything needs to be made political all the time. Yeah, I think they were they were kind of saying like it was there's like a bit of a double standard there where, especially to the point that they were doing activism and you know I I get it. Uh, you, you don't want to see somebody like on the world stage representing the United States kneeling for the anthem because it kind of like, you know, it's very jarring to see that. And you're definitely going to upset a large amount of the country when you do that. Yeah. Um, plus, I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of one of those people who I feel like we're way past the whole kneeling stage for the, you know, for the anthem. I yeah. feel like there's a, I feel like. There's a lot. It sucks that what happened to Colin Kaepernick happened because I don't think it should have transpired the way it did his whole fallout no. from the NFL. But I definitely think we're at the point now where, you know, actual action means more than like me taking a knee for the anthem of the United States or putting my fist in the air. Like, you know, there's stuff you can actually yeah, do. Instead of, instead of being an image for something. Yeah, like, you know, if you want to go do something, there's no reason why you can't go out and do it, especially if you have a lot of money and to be able to go and do some stuff in your community or for underprivileged people or for people of color. So, yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, we're definitely way past the demonstrative part of being an activist in my eyes. Uh, what else is dope for the Olympics? There's, a, oh, I loved uh, track, obviously. I gotta come in here yeah. and talk about track because Ooh, there was yeah, the next the next great that Usain Bolt announced at the last one. Degrassi yeah. he was gonna be the next one, yeah. <laughs> I uh so the first time I remember the first time I saw Andre Degrasse run was in two thousand fourteen. I was at Canada Summer Games. And yeah. it's crazy to see where his progression has gone from like two thousand fourteen to now because I remember watching him run, and he, I think he had just started running track at this point, and he won the hundred, and he ran about a ten six, like ten and a half seconds, and then you see him now, and he's running, I think he ran like nine point seven something at the Olympic Games, and then he <laughs> busts out a Canadian record in the two hundred, just insan insanity. Like he's definitely, the two hundreds is better event, so. Like I was, I was screaming so loud at my television watching that race, and my brother came and knocked on the door. He's like, "What happened?" I was like, <laughs> "Oh, DeGrasse just won the two hundred. You know, I was so hyped. But I was, and then uh, we also had uh, Damian Warner. He's a decathlete. He he won the gold medal for the decathlon, and he broke the nine thousand point barrier, which is a big deal in uh, the decathlon. Getting to that nine thousand point barrier, not too many people have done it. So that's yeah. like a that's a huge accomplishment for him, and uh, he's been working like really hard for a while too. So it's good to see all his hard work pay off. And I've he used to train in Calgary for a little bit, so I've been able to see like a little bit firsthand what he looks like in a training session, and it's just nuts how good of an athlete this guy is. Uh, there was cool. three world records broken on the track and two of them were in the 400 meter hurdles. Yeah. And if you get the opportunity, go look up the men's race because the guy broke the, he broke his own previous record. He had just broken by damn near a second. 
and it's probably one of the best races I think I've seen in the Olympics. <laughs> like Jesus, period. It was nuts. Uh, and the women's, yeah, the women's four hundred meter hurdles record got broken too. Also insane. And then the women's triple jump record got broken, which was by a lot. If if you go look at the distance that she broke it by, it was a good margin. So. Yeah, there were some dope performances. Like overall, it was entertaining to watch. I think something really cool that happened was uh, in in skateboarding, a thirteen year old girl from England. She was like been the mentored by or something. Yeah, she's been mentored by Tony Hawk for the last couple of years, and she's like the the youngest person to get a podium in. Well, I guess that event because it's so new, but yeah, that's brand new, cr- crazy. But her performance was like, God, I'm almost thirty and I can barely ollie. <laughs> I could just almost imagine like how jarring that would be to be at the Olympics like that, and it's during a COVID year, and right before the Olympics started, they said no fans could come, so they send this thirteen-year-old girl on her way to. <clears throat> to Tokyo, Japan, and her parents can't come be with her. Yeah, and she Jesus. still goes out there and performs. Like, that's pretty dope. But she probably, like, the skateboarding community is so, like, it's so big that, you know, she obviously probably had a lot of people there looking out for her and stuff. But Well, Sean White was there and stood up for her after her performance. Yeah, that's that's a hell of an accomplishment. Even just, yeah, get, no just getting to the Olympics is, like, a dope... The- I really my goal. I really want to go to one, you know, like I really want to go to an Olympic Games one year just to watch. Yeah, everything just because like it's such a grand spectacle, and there's so many great athletes in the world and other sports that I just want to be able to go and appreciate, you know, sports like that. Well, I I almost not me, but uh, there was almost a prospect of opportunity in my family so my sister and I were in gymnastics when we were growing up and I was I I, I was just doing it because I thought it was a lot of fun it was like a decent way to like get fit as a kid but my sister she was like so into it that the coaches told her told my mom that she's facing a Olympic level and like she was on that track if she had stuck up with it. Yeah. But it like she quit because it got to the point where like at twelve years old she would come home and like fall asleep in her dinner. <laughs> yeah, because g- gymnastics seems like I don't know, it seems more intense than the military. Like the training. <laughs> it is intense. I it's was crazy. I, <laughs> I was watching uh this thing on on peak on the peacock streaming services about uh, these five gym, gymnasts who were training to make the Tokyo team. Ah, and the service that Canada doesn't have. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, there's there's this woman on there. Her name's uh, Michaela Skinner, and she she's kind of like one of the her and Simone Biles are like you know some holdovers from that old. American gymnastics regime that had all like the abuse and stuff going on. Oh, she's yeah. like, she's like talking about like how intense like their training camps and stuff would be. 
and I was like, yeah, fuck. Like, apparently, like, it's better now because all the, they've kind of washed all those coaches out of the system. But, yeah. man, like, I don't know, gymnastics just sounds like a, I feel like it'd be good to put a young child in it just so they can move around and, you know, like, stuff like that. But at a certain age, I'd pull them straight out of it and be like, no, you're you're done. You can touch your well, toes. I, enjo- <laughs> I enjoyed being in it as a kid just for the recreational aspect of it. But, like, I started doing Superman push-ups in it, which if people listening don't know what those are, it's you do a handstand against a wall and you do push-ups just up and down on your hands. Yeah. Uh, the the parallel bars that are like one higher than the other, it would sp- we'd spend like a good twenty minutes doing stuff on those. Yeah, like it's it's good like fitness activity for for young children. Like the best two sports you can put your kids in when they're younger is gymnastics and soccer because you're always they're always yeah. moving. But yeah, once you once you get to a certain point in gymnastics, though, it's like, all right, let's get you out of here before. Yeah, it's pretty much competitive or nothing. (laughs) Yeah, and we saw that at this uh, at this Olympics with the aforementioned yeah Simone Simone Biles. Biles. It's unfortunate that you know she kind of got criticized as much as she did, but I think a lot of people don't take into account that you know, like she grew up in that whole that whole system of abuse, and this was her first Olympics cycle away from that. And I still but, feel like it probably... Like, God forbid wanting to step down from something because I, yeah. she's got some shit going on in her head. Like Yeah, like, she has stuff, like, that she's dealing with out... It's bigger than the sport. And, like, people... For people to criticize it, especially when... It's it's one of the big problems at the Olympics where people only watch the sport every four years, so they don't know. They just tune on their TV, like... And they're all pissed off because they wanted to see Simone Biles compete. But it's like, yo, Simone Biles just isn't doing good right now. And that, ha- like, man, if somebody in the NFL was having, like, a or the NBA needed some rest, like, they take some rest and nobody's going to bat an eye because, you know, they watch because the NBA is on every year. But, like, if Simone Biles, God forbid, wants to take two days off to rest and get her mind right, it's like, oh, you're ter- like you're a quitter, yada, yada, yada. Like, People need to realize that even athletes aren't robots like yeah if if you're if if your mental state isn't in it then you're not you're not going to do as well as you want especially when you're and, flipping in the air five times you know like <laughs> i definitely want my head on right to <laughs> to go and do a double like a double back handspring off off a fucking vault yeah seriously and that's that's one of the reasons why I think we we could not have a better sponsor with Cave and Jordan yeah. because like mental his whole important. point is to bring to light people's mental health when it typically would be overlooked for absolutely no reason. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, I'm gonna have to segue into the. I wonder what Kanye's mental health is like right now, <laughs> or all of his fans. Yeah, I saw. Uh, so yeah, toying, was, like, with, toying with them. There was just a bunch of like jokes floating around the internet because Mike Dean said he left uh, Atlanta. Yeah, and so people are like, "Damn, Kanye like broke Mike Dean." Yeah. You know, 
And Mike Dean was like, no, I'm still working on the album. He's like, I just needed to get out of the fucking stadium. Like, <laughs> go see. Because that seems to be all Kanye cares about right now is putting some pantyhose over his face and making a spectacle. <laughs> I saw a video. The uh, Falcons were having their preseason game. And Kanye's like up on the rafters, like watching down from above. I was like, yo, this is so, yeah. like, only Kanye West could get away with something like this. And then I was also. I saw just, him walking through the stands, like walking up the stands, but he had like. He was wearing his outfit from the first listening party still. Yeah, I remember that. There was like a <laughs> soccer game, but he's just still there. But uh, I also saw a video where I think it's Playboy Cardi. I just, I was just watching it before it recorded. And somebody was asking him what the creative process had been like working on Donda. And he's basically saying, he's like, everything you guys heard from, you know, on the, and those two live stream events were like demos, you know, like they're not even the finished product. And it's, I was like, how can those, so, how, I was like, how did demos So the release is going to be good? so far out then. <laughs> Yo, my thing is though, it was like, how did demos sound that good? Like it kind of pisses me off. I'm like, <laughs> Like, how are these the demos when the, it actually sounds like the finished product? Well, if that's like uh, what good a demo sounds good production. like. Yeah, that's the thing. If that's what the demo sounds like, it's like, all right, when this gets mixed and mastered and like is no longer a demo, it should be amazing, is what I'm thinking. That's what my thought process is. There's a placeholder date that they put on iTunes for this Friday. Of course, it's probably not mm. happening. <laughs> well, I mean, like, Nowadays, especially, I think, like, me being, you know, not not anything special as a music producer, but you want to make sure you at least have some sort of, like, temporary master put on it so that when you play it out and test it, it doesn't sound like ass. Yeah. And I, I personally think, like, this is... Part of me feels like it's a cat and mouse game between him and Drake. You know what I mean? Because I've heard Drake's album yeah. is done, and I've, you know, people are like, yeah, Drake's album is done. That's what you've, you've heard from a bunch of people. But there hasn't been, like, yeah. any singles or anything that has dropped. And I, I low-key feel like either Drake is waiting for Kanye to drop first so that he can drop afterwards, or Kanye is waiting for Drake to drop so he can drop afterwards just to see what the numbers are. And I think Kanye is kind of getting into Drake's head a little bit because, you know, if Drake's album is done, he should just drop it because he's the biggest artist in the world. Or so yeah. I thought, because I never thought, uh, I didn't realize like the grip that Kanye has on a lot of people when it comes to him as a musician, like when he's super focused on music, because he had like his, his live, first live stream event and I think 1.3 million people tuned in. And then the second time he did it, a couple weeks later, there's 3.3 million people who who chimed in. You know, the wow. viewership goes up. He that same day he dropped uh, his Gap line, and it's well, not his Gap line, just this one bought like puffer jacket. They dropped yeah. from his Gap line, yeah. And they said it sold out within 24 hours. Like the Gap made seven million dollars in less than 24 Jesus. hours. Just off of a coat. Well, I mean, look at look at how well his expensive, not very exciting looking shoes did. Oh, he he makes. I was trying to explain to my friend. He's like, bro, how do, he's like, how does Kanye keep getting away with these things? I was like, 
he's like, I think Drake has surpassed Kanye. I'm like, dude, there's no way. Like, I'm like, you know, no. Kanye's net worth is what Kanye's net worth is. It's ridiculous. I was like, his gap deal, well, like his gap deal alone was valued at over a billion dollars. And uh, he's like, there's no way. And so I had to send him the link. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this is what it's valued at. And I sent him the link. He's like, but he what also the hell? He, he also had a really big grip on the entire like music industry. Yeah. For the whole first decade of the 2000s. Well, that's the like, thing. I don't he, think on, on the on the back end producing for like Ludacris and shit like that. That's what I was going to say. I th- and I don't then think releasing a lot of the albums that he released. I don't think a lot of people understand like how many how much good music that that man has produced. Like Grammy winning songs, like number one singles that he's had his hand in. Uh He's and then yeah and then he dropped, what, four albums. From two thousand from two thousand three to two thousand ten, he dropped, or two thousand nine because, yeah, he dropped four albums in that time span in that decade. Yeah, that were all like, number one albums, so it's like yo, this guy's, you know, this guy's doing it, and yeah, I don't and then after the. I don't know people try to say he fell off. I'm like, no, this guy's still very much so at the very top of the music industry world, and you can tell that he is because even when people say they want to cancel him, you know, when Kanye's getting ready to drop, everybody shuts up and they and yeah. they just wait to see what he does, and like they anticipate the album so much. So I think that whole, you know, this whole thing about people talking about you know Kanye fell off, like he's he's not going anywhere for. As long as he, he wants just, to make music, he's still going to be very much so relevant. He just he's been shifted big his focus. Decades. Yeah. Like, I don't think the last couple albums that he put out were that good. But he was working on his Yeezy line. A lot. Like, like if, if, if his focus goes to something else, obviously it's not going to be fully in something else. Like, the music. But, like, I saw a video the other day of him in the studio with Timbaland. Yeah. And Timbaland was like helping him with the production of Stronger. I was going to say, I've heard Kanye's always had a problem with drums. <laughs> so yeah, seeing Timbaland in studio with Kanye, like trying to finesse the drum section in Stronger was yeah, just... pretty interesting because like Kanye, like he was so like intently trying to figure perfect it. <laughs> yeah. I just heard that like, he's always had an issue with drums, like trying to just not an issue with adding them into songs and stuff, but just an issue with getting them to sound the way that he wants them to sound. So a lot of times yeah. he has to bring in somebody else to kind of help him out and like fix the drum tracks on a lot of the music he does. He's like famously known for that. But God damn it. He puts out wow. really good music. <laughs> I mean, he's not going to go wrong using Timbo's help. Yeah, exactly. The span that that guy's had in the music industry is ridiculous. Freaking hate, oh, man. He'd have to go to clock in for work. And I get down there, and like the guy I'm, I'm taking over for, he's sitting there like, I'm like, yo, did you see who tossed all that bullshit out? He's and he starts talking to me. I'm like, he's clearly drunk, and he's sitting there on the oh work phone. God. He's sitting there on the work phone, like talking to a 
this guy has like I think he has a girlfriend and a wife and he talks to his girlfriend on the on the work phone. So every time yeah. you know, he'll every time he's done his shift and he's there working, she'll call back here like three times. Oh, is he there? I'm like, yo, this is I'm I'm like at the point now where I'm just gonna tell be like, yo, after eleven PM, stop calling here. He's not here. And if you don't have his phone number, you need to ask him why you don't have his phone number. <laughs> Jesus, because I'm getting fed up with it. It's like, yo, I'm not, I'm not this guy's messenger. Like, no yeah, kidding. you need to figure out what the hell you're doing with this man and why you don't have a cell phone number. Out here looking yeah, like no a damn fool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and I mean, speaking of people. Not getting their shit together, <laughs> and I—I'm sure everyone knows. In the last month, in the wake of Biden pulling the remaining troops out of Afghanistan, the Taliban have pretty much retaken the entire country. You know, which is just horrendous. They did it in like less than twenty-four hours, and I've. I've kind of been reading like a lot of a lot of reports basically you know that that couldn't have happened without some help from the United States and I've been I watched this video of this guy he was talking on CNN about basically how the US kind of lost that war in Afghanistan of trying to stop the Taliban from you know doing what they're doing now and like regaining power yeah. They lost control of of the Taliban, you know, like a while ago. Yeah. And, you know, like, it's not like, you know, I think people kind of look at it, you know, they're like, see, that we knew this was going to happen if, uh, if the troops ever got pulled out of Afghanistan. And it's like, well, I think you guys got to go back and kind of look at the timeline of events in Afghanistan to realize that. This is something that's been ramping up for a very long time and that the United like the soldiers there have been like they lost the war a long time ago. And it's almost like the soldiers were just there for for show. It's not really like they were there for anything else. And like maybe and like, yeah, maybe them being there was preventing this from happening, but it wasn't going to I don't think in the long run it was actually going to prevent prevent it from happening i think it was going to happen eventually uh well it was just in the last 24 hours that they took the capital city yeah and it, i just feel like it's for it to ramp up that fast like you know how does that happen that quickly i think it's I a, feel, I a damned like I, if you do damned if you don't situation what's that because like the i i uh it's a damned if you do damned if you don't situation yeah and a lot of people like want to uh, place the b- blame on Biden, but I feel like the past four presidents are just to blame for it. Yeah, you know, and you know they because they all kind of Bush had the biggest part with the troops being there in the first place after nine yeah. eleven, and the whole the whole reason why he was there was to get Osama bin Laden because he was there after nine eleven. And the troop, I think when they went there to go get him, 
where they were having negotiations with Afghanistan. And I think I think the Afghanistan with like originally they wanted to give from, uh, they wanted to give him to the United States in 2001, but they're like we need because of like their Islamic laws or whatever, they needed like him to they needed Bush to like present proof that he was behind that Bin Laden was behind 9/11 before they were going to turn him over. And rather than presenting the proof, they just straight up went and attacked Afghanistan. But wasn't wasn't the initial <laughs> thing because of uh, uh, Saddam Hussein's regime over there? Yeah, I just know that the, the United States has been in fucking up Afghanistan for longer than that's necessary. Oh yeah, completely. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it's it's kind of led it to where it is now. I saw this video the other day showing like pictures of what Afghanistan used to look like, and it's like, man, like how did these, how did, how did these countries get so bad? And like a lot of it is because of Western influence. And well, just, but even in like there's pictures of it in the seventies, like pictures of Afghanistan and Iran in the seventies before the gorgeous, like, before the Islamic Revolution, people weren't covered up. Like yeah. it was. It was the radicals that came in and wanted to traditionalize everything, and yeah, the Western, the Western world coming in and butting their nose into it definitely didn't help. Just made them more angry. Yeah, like it's just tragic. Like what's what's happening right now? Like I saw that video of people like jumping onto the plane just so they could try and escape. From, from Afghanistan, and it's like, you know, I feel like. Well, I mean, I I just feel like you know, like they, the United States had to know that it was going to be bad for the citizens there who opposed the Taliban, and yeah. why they wouldn't have some sort of plan in it, like some sort of plan in place for if we're going to pull our troops out by this date, we need to make sure that we're getting all of these people out of the country so that, so that, yeah, if, so yeah, we're going to get all these people out of Afghanistan. And then by the time we pull out, the Taliban are going to be taking over our country of nobody. And then, and then we can come back and fuck up the Taliban. And you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like they didn't, but just- they didn't plan it out. And it's, it's just like a, you know, like if they, if they're really supposed to be there for like a peacekeeping on peacekeeping terms or they're really there and they say they want to help the citizens, they could have done a lot more to help the citizens of Afghanistan to get, make sure they yeah. got out of there safely before. Because like I said, it wasn't like this just happened overnight. This build up has been, they've been building up to this point for maybe the last five, seven years. This was coming at least. But what 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 drives me the most insane about it is, so this has been going on for about a month now, like really intensely, and Justin Trudeau called for the dissolvement the, of Parliament for the to, election for for a fall election to get majority instead of you know maybe holding it off because we're still in a pandemic and you know this stuff is going on that, you know, parliament should probably be open for 
decisions to be made for aid and relief. But no, like, why do that? Because <laughs> he wants like, to stay. He wants to stay prime minister. But people are saying that the Canadian government is failing on their evacuation relief. Like I saw that the th- there was an evac team ready outside the capital city, and Ottawa wouldn't give them wouldn't give the commanders the go ahead. It's just fucked up. I, like I said, I don't understand how you you just withdraw all the troops from there, knowing that this is going to be the result of you leaving is you know the Taliban is going to start to take over these cities and it's going to be terrible for women and children and anybody who opposes their anybody who opposes their ideologies you guys could have yeah they could have gone these people out like you said it's been like a month building up to this they could have got these people out months ago yeah because I think last because year because they, they knew they hadn't beaten the Taliban they knew they were going to come back yeah, and I'm pretty sure, and like last year when Trump was still president, like even he knew, he was like, yeah, like, like he was like trying to broker some deals with the Taliban. He was like going to invite them to Camp David. Jesus. Like they knew, that's what I'm saying, like they knew this was happening. They knew this was coming. Yeah. And nobody, ugh. it's like I was talking to my friend who's, he, he was a, uh, He's like super into politics and like uh, I was telling him, I was like, you know, like the lack of just common sense planning that you don't see in politics is what drives me the most crazy about it. Well, yeah, like, because all people care about when they get into power is what's, staying what, power. what's going to work best for them. Yeah. <laughs> what What's going to benefit them. That's why I tell people like no matter what anyone tells you, if a politician says they have the people's best interest in mind, it's probably a lie. Yeah. And that's why I hate like when people kind of get into these like pol- political debates. And I'm like, you guys have to stop looking at it as like a left left wing or right wing thing and just start thinking about how logic like logically you gotta start looking at these scenarios that you guys are just that people like to pull out of their ass and use as arguments of like Look at this logically and look at this from a standpoint of like actual human human beings and like what goes on in society and stop Mm -hmm. and stop like thinking that you have to oppose somebody so hard because they voted for this person. Like it's so stupid to me. But I honestly, I, I, I think humanity is too far past that point that that's not going to happen. (laughs) <laughs> well, I just think people like, like to, especially what's happened. I just think in the people last like to argue. Yeah, people like to argue too much and and uh and pick a side. Like you can't float in the middle. The minute, like you can't be in the middle because the minute you say you agree with like one policy, then you're labeled as either conservative or liberal. And it's like, no, why can't I just agree with policies from both sides and then yeah. decide on decide on who I want to vote for based off of what I think that they could, what I think that they could do, like what kind of leader I think they will be. It's, it's, I think we need to get past that point of like left wing, right wing and start putting people in positions of power who are going to have, who are actually going to have citizens best interests at heart and not just the corporation's best interests at heart. 
because we all know yeah. the corporations well, are what drive everything. Well, I mean, like you could you could only imagine being a pro education, pro healthcare, pro choice, pro gun, pro capitalist. <laughs> oh, people would they wouldn't know what to do. Like, well, that's the thing. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I can barely talk about anything to anyone because, like, I, I talk about being pro-gun. I'm, you know, deep in the right. Or, yeah, I, I, I could say I'm pro-choice, and then like, you're a, you're a liberal. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You can't, you can't pick a side. It's, a, it's at the point now where it's like. You just have to keep your mouth shut and only talk. You can only talk to the people that you know are going to actually sit down and have a logical conversation with you about things and not have an emotional conversation about things. But it's upsetting to me because, like, this this election coming up, like, even liberals I know that voted for Justin Trudeau want him out. Oh, yeah. And, like, decisions he's made in the last couple years affect me personally (laughs) so like but I know at the end of the day like especially living in Alberta the vote the vote out here doesn't really matter no because you're you're gonna see Alberta and Saskatchewan they're gonna vote conservative and then it just and then Quebec's gonna vote for the bloc (laughs) but once it gets outside of Ontario like it's basically set. Yeah, so it's just a crapshoot, basically. It is. It's, it's things that make me just want to like pick up and leave this place and just live without all of this nonsense. That's why I was making a joke. My friend posted this uh, this thing about like the gas prices in the U.S. I was like, this is why I'm. I'm going to go live in the cabin in the woods like the Unabomber did, except without the bombs. Yeah. (laughs) Let me figure out how to hunt, and uh, I'll just live off the land. (laughs) Yeah, but can't have that. The government needs their take. Yeah. Hell, man. Anyways. I I don't know. You could, (laughs) if you, you know, if you figure, if you figure out, like, if you're a good survivalist and you can find a place where you can go where you know you'll probably you'll probably never be bothered, like you could live off the grid. But it's yeah. very difficult to achieve that because everybody knows where yeah. somebody is at a certain point in time. Yeah, that's true. But man, if I but- like if if you could though, like hell yeah, I'd be out there in the brush and just I don't know, figure out yeah, you just, I don't know. Yeah, there's just too much that goes on that's going on right now that makes me want to never live in a major city again. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, I would love to live, I would love to live, like, in a, in a rural area that, like, everybody just was, like, kind of just minding their own business. And I, like, was just working at a library or something, like, <laughs> putting books away. And then I just go out to my, my house in some remote area and then only came into the city like when I needed to go see friends. Yeah, but you know, the chance of 
you living near some cultists is pretty high. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it's it's not a very hey unless I go grab a bunch of black people and be like, yeah, let's there's some land over here. Let's go buy it up, <laughs> build our own little town, and you know do our own thing. Yeah, yeah. Coming coming to the tail end of today's episode, <laughs> moving into more positive note. I wanted to talk about some exciting things that are happening for happening for me musically. Uh, first is I just finished a remix for a, a buddy of mine in Alberta. He's he reached out to a bunch of people in Alberta that he knows that produces. So it's basically he made a dubstep track, reached out to all of us and was like, "I don't care what you do with it, just." Do something cool. I finished it a few days ago. Uh, on top of that, it's going to be released as an EP. He actually, it's it's not a big label, but he actually got a record label to pick it up. Okay, that's dope. Like, it's just a small independent one. And then uh, sometime in the fall, I think it'll be late October or November, we're going to do a a show in Edmonton to showcase each producer that got on the project. How many producers are on it? Uh, I think there's like 10. Oh, that's a nice little showcase. Yeah, so it'll be like a full night in a club in Edmonton. Thankfully, my stepsister lives there now, so I won't have to pay up for a hotel. I actually have a uh, a preview of it, if you want to hear it, play the play the song though. See if it come how well it comes to. Small little preview of it. How long? How how long did you like work on that board? How long were you working on that board? I want to say I put a good sixteen hours into it. Okay, that's how bad. Like sixteen hours. It's a good finished product. It's uh, three minutes go, and fifty-two seconds long. Maybe you should go hook up with Kanye. If you can get that done in sixteen hours, maybe we'll, we can get an album. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I'm I'm excited to like when that comes out, people listen to the contrast contrast of the original song to the remix that I made. Outside of that, I was reached out to by a small radio show in Ecuador asking me to do a guest mix for them, which I think is really cool. How would you like would they how would they Plug you in, or are you just gonna make a mix and then like send it to them? And yeah, oh, okay. Like, like I send them a mix and they say this this episode's hosted by blah blah blah. Yeah, but like, 
for 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 something out of Ecuador to reach me like that was really cool to to get. Maybe that's where your market is. You never know. You might have to go do a show in Ecuador. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, when I was doing the uh, when I was doing the market uh, set that I did a couple weeks ago, I had a guy come up to me and ask if I wanted to go to uh, Trinidad for two weeks on his dime to do a two thousand person reunion. And I'm like, uh, first of all, yeah, this is this seems kind of crazy, but anyways, <laughs> uh, outside of that. My company, Parkside Entertainment, on August 27th. I've got a four-hour gig at 948 Brewing in Airdrie. We have an ice cream and mini donut food truck coming for that. So that'll be a good time. And then the next day, I've got a wedding that I'm doing at uh, the Vin Room in Calgary here. Small little venue, but... The Vin Room, that's up in uh, West Aspen, Aspen, right? Oh, uh, yeah, Aspen, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Like an Aspen Landing, yeah, nice little place, and I think it'll be like the easiest wedding that I've ever done because they 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 sent me the playlist they want, and they basically want R and B, hip hop, and house music, which is like super simple. Just press play and go. Yeah, honestly, like if you're telling me I don't have to mix country music into this, then that's a, I feel like that's a a blessing that you got a Calgarian wedding that. Didn't ask for any country music to be thrown well, into the Well, the, uh, the groom is Italian. Okay, so you got you got some... It's a cultured wedding. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be good. My friend was asking me, she's like, are you going to be back in Calgary like May 28th? And I was like, uh, if my track season goes well, probably not. If it doesn't go well, still probably not. Uh, no, I was like, I, I, if it does, I was like, if it doesn't go well, I'm not sure because, like, I'm, I'm probably not going to walk the stage of graduation, but I would like to hang around until I get my my degree in the mail before I decide to scoot on out of town. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So uh, I was like, yeah, like, well, I was like, I, there's no way I'm going to be back back then. But I know she's asking because. She, that's probably when she's getting married and it's like but I know the type of music mm. she listens to and I was like low key I don't want to sit here and listen to country music the whole fucking night like I'll just see you I'll, I'll come say give my congrats when I come back for <laughs> when I come up there to visit I'd much rather do that than like have to sit. and then I don't like she's like so far removed from all the friends that we had in high school like she doesn't hang out with any of those people anymore so like I don't I don't want to go to a wedding where I'm just going to be sitting there and I don't know anyone or the people that I do know there. I've met them once and then I have to try and make conversation with these people for however many hours, you know, like the person I would know the best at her wedding would be her mom. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm not going to sit here and talk to your mom for like four or five hours. Like I'll just come. Yeah. That'd be weird. Let me just come say congratulations to you and your, and your husband or, you know, when I, when I get back into the city, like that would be such an awkward wedding for me to be at. As much as I yeah, know I you want, that, yeah. as much as I know you want me to come, like I can't do it. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, we actually uh, filled up that hour pretty good. I wasn't expecting oh, us to reach that. 
We did it. Suck it, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, that was a good episode. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. Yeah. Make sure you go. Hope we kept you along well enough to. Yeah. Make sure you get go to check the out end the, of it. the Instagram page. Make sure you go check out all of our mixes. Make sure you like our Be photos. Be sure to check out Cave Canadian yeah, Make Apparel. sure you check out Cave Canadian Apparel. They've got new products coming out. Drop in August 20th. They've got oh, some, so some new stuff coming out. That's so. Friday, yeah. So new stuff coming out on Friday. So make sure you go check that out. You get make a discount sure, to us if you do. Make sure you stay safe out there. Apparently the Delta variant is coming through like a fucking hurricane. It's creeping up. Anyone that's living on the west coast of Canada, stay safe. If there's a fire close to you, oh, make yeah. sure you get out of there. It's it's pretty bad right now. Yeah, I saw it. It's not looking good. No, not at all. Speaking of, uh, I got to drop this little, because you brought up the fire things. I got to drop this little gym. Did you see how that couple who caused the fires in California are like, facing jail time? No, but good. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you get for these stupid gender reveals. Yeah, Jesus. Dumbass people. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, be Catch safe. Catch everyone next week. Have a good day. Thank you.